no question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Brooklyn Nets are now six and seven, two tough losses in a row, and it's becoming evident that this team is actually, it's, it's, I mean, it's obviously lacking Cam Thomas, Ben Simmons, for everybody that hates on Ben Simmons, it's lacking Ben Simmons, and Mikhail Bridges is unfortunately not living up to the expectations that the fans set on him. He never came out and said that he was going to be an MVP candidate. He never came out and said he was going to be all-star. He said that was the goal. But we kind of saw the way that things ended last season for him, averaging 26, 27 points, and we just figured he has to build off of that. Right? He has to even do better, a full offseason. Uh, you know, the the team's going to kind of make him the guy. So we kind of all figured that's it. He's going to be our guy. And he hasn't played poorly by any means, but everybody does feel like he hasn't lived up to the building. And uh, we're gonna, I'm going to get into all that. But I guess we'll talk specifically about the two losses since the last time I was on here. First, the Heat game. The Heat game uh, was frustrating because the Nets were holding their own in the first half. They had beaten the Heat five times in a row. And it, it kind of just felt like, okay, the Nets seem to match up well against this Heat team, even though it took them all the way to the fourth quarter the first time they beat them to kind of get things going with uh, with Brooks and Wofford getting in there. And we were, we were short Claxton. But things kind of fell apart at the end of the second quarter. He went on a 14-0 run to end that quarter, and it almost seems like they never looked back. And then once the third quarter got going, Jimmy Butler got going. And I think the most frustrating part about that game is that Jog Vaughn seemed to be a little stubborn. He could have started throwing double teams at Jimmy Butler when he saw the way he was playing, but he refused. He kept letting Royce O'Neal guard one-on-one. Once once he got Mikael Bridges in the block, he was backing him down because obviously Jimmy Butler's a lot stronger than Mikael Bridges. He was backing him down, getting easy buckets. And it got to the point where you're wondering, why aren't we sending uh, help at Jimmy Butler? Jimmy Butler ended that quarter with 18 points. That's the most points he's ever scored in the quarter as a Miami Heat. Like he was cooking, and we weren't doing anything to stop it. So it, it was frustrating to watch that, and um, and it was it was a tough loss because you kind of felt like you know we match up well with the Heat, and we should be able to to beat them. Then the way the game got started, I thought we we could hang in there, but the end of that second quarter and then that third quarter with Jimmy just going off, kind of the wheels fell off, and I think that that's one of the reasons we miss Cam Thomas so much though. That fourteen zero run. And then Jimmy going off in the third quarter, you kind of want somebody to match him basket for basket, or at least try to. But Spencer Dinwiddie got locked down. Mikael Bridges just hasn't shown that he has that killer instinct, right, that you want from your star player. Cam Thomas, sometimes he has it to a detriment because he takes bad shots. And I know people are like, oh, but when they go in, they're good shots. I don't know, but he takes wild shots. And He'll get his shot off. If he feels the team needs a score, he's there, and he'll take a shot. And and you kind of want Mikael Bridges to kind of get that instilled in him a little bit. Now, one person that keeps balling is Lonnie Walker. Before the season started, I said he's going to be a fan favorite. Again, I, I thought that he would get much more minutes than uh, Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, this season. And um, because of injury, Lonnie Walker got his opportunity really quickly. I was surprised when he didn't play the first game of the year. But since then, it's been a, a steel deal. Uh, and, I, I mean, I'm really happy with the way he's been looking. But we went down, brought us to 500, and then obviously we had to go up against Philly. 
Now, Philly, obviously, probably the second best team in the East. No matter what the records are, I still give it to, to Boston being the best. So Philly, probably the second best. Philly, the hottest team in the NBA since they traded Harden. They've been just rolling. And, uh, you know, Embiid, it's tough to match up with Embiid. But all things considered, again, the, the Nets were standing in there with Philly to start the game. They were playing well. They were up by three with like three and a half minutes left in the second quarter. But again, what happened? We can't seem to finish quarter strong. In the end of the second quarter against the Heat, the Heat went on a 14-0 run. The end of the quarter against Philly, Philly goes on a 20-5 run. We were up by three with three and a half left. Even if you lose the lead, you shouldn't be down by, well, I think it was like 13 or 11. We ended up going into the half, I think down 11 points. After being three and a half minutes, you're already down by, you're up by three. And then you give up a 20-5 to run. And when watching that game, a couple of things stand out. First of all, when we lost to Philly, it felt like it was just top of the key screens with Embiid, and we just couldn't defend them. Either Spencer Dinwiddie couldn't get over the screen or go, go under the screen and and kind of catch up to uh, Maxi quick enough to block or to get into his shooting space, I guess I should say. Or we're playing the drop, and when you're playing that drop, it becomes a pick and pop for Embiid, and he'll hit that all day. So it felt like we, we, we couldn't figure that out. And obviously, Embiid and Maxi are is, is a top duo in the league. So you could expect them to do things like that. But, man, they were looking like Stockton and Malone out there. And it, it was, like, repetitive. It was just top of the key screen and Maxi pull up for three. Top of the key screen, Maxi pull up for three. Or top of the key screen and then Embiid pick and pop. And there were times where they did have it covered, but because you had a help defender come from the wing, all of a sudden it's an open shooter out on the wing. It's It was frustrating to watch because it felt like the, the Sixers were meticulously just breaking us down defensively. And that's where you miss somebody like Ben Simmons. If you have four or five players – oh, there he goes. If you have four or five players that could switch on just about everything – then you don't have to play that drop. Maybe you could have just a switch on every screen. Like, I know that people aren't necessarily fans of that, but for that game, that might have helped because they were killing us on that top of the uh, key screen. And then finally, Mikhail Bridges. I started the episode by saying we set those expectations for him. And it's true. But he kind of knew that, right? In the in beginning of the season, in the uh, opening press conference, he said he understood what he was supposed to do. He was supposed to be the guy. And against Philly, he started off like the guy. He was like, he was seven or eight for 11 in the first half. He had 16 points. He was balling in the first half. But Philly goes on that run and McHill doesn't do anything. And that's when I say we need uh, somebody like Cam Thomas. Because Cam Thomas, like I said, whether it be right or wrong, He'd start taking shots. He's going to try to end that run. Mikhail Bridges doesn't force this force things, which I guess is good. But, I mean, we need somebody with that killer instinct. And to add to the fact that during that run at the end of the second quarter, he wasn't able to do much. In the third quarter, you're 8 for 11 in the first half. You have 16 points. He didn't take his first shot in the third quarter until it was 30 seconds left. 
obviously we have an issue here. If you're playing that well in the first half, you don't have to let the ball find you in the offense. When you're that guy, you look for the ball. You ask for the ball. You take those shots. And I think that that's where the game was lost, obviously, in the third quarter. By then, the fourth quarter, it was a blowout, garbage time, and the game is over. So we need Mikhail Bridges to be that guy. We need him to have that Camp Thomas mentality. Mikhail Bridges was runner-up for Defensive Player of the Year just two seasons ago. Now, when he was in Phoenix, right, he was more of a 3 and D kind of guy. But with us, because we're expecting him to do so much offensively for us, he's not even guarding the majority of the time. He's not even getting that, that assignment of guarding the best player on the other team. So we, we need something fi figured out here because I don't want to knock his defense because – he plays good defense, but he's not playing runner-up and defensive player of the year war type of defense. He's not locking anybody down per se, right? You don't look at him and think, oh, wow, Mikhail, he locked that guy down. He locked Jimmy down tonight. He locked Maxi down tonight because he's not getting those assignments. But the reason he's not getting those assignments is so he can produce offensively for us because it's really hard to do both. But if, if we don't have you locking the best player on the other team down, but you're also not killing it on offense for us like you were last year. What, what, what is your role here exactly? And again, I'm not killing him. He's still averaging over 20 points a game. He's still a great player. I think he's still this, probably the best player on this team. But we need to figure this role out because it, it's, 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 it's not working out the way we want it or even need it to work out because we need Mikhail Bridges to be that guy. Well, with all that said, we're six and seven. We're missing literally our top score, Cam Thomas, averaging like 27 points a game. We're missing our top rebounder, Ben Simmons. We're missing our top assistman, Ben Simmons. And all things considered, we're only one game under 500. And if you think about it, it's not that bad when you consider all the injuries. Cam Johnson was out for a large portion of the season, Nick Claxton's out for a large portion of the season. Cam Thomas, our leading scorer, has been out for the last week. And you look at the schedule coming up. We have Atlanta away. Atlanta, I mean, they started hot, but they've been cooling down. You have Atlanta and Atlanta. Then you have a two-day two break, and then you have Miami at home, which, by the way, I don't remember ever playing Miami three times in a span of, what, three weeks almost in the month of November, which is really weird. But uh, I guess it's good to get those guys – early while they're still trying to figure things out. Then we have Chicago the next night at home. We have Toronto that next Tuesday. Then we have Charlotte at home. And then we have Orlando on December 2nd. So in the next one, two, three, four, five, in the next six games, I would say we need to take at least four of those. And those are winnable games. Atlanta isn't killing anybody. The Heat, that's going to be a tough game, especially if Jimmy Butler comes out for whatever reason he wants to kill the Nets. If he wants to come out like that again, that might be a tough game. And then you have the Bulls should be winnable. The Raptors should be winnable. Hornets should be winnable. And Orlando should be winnable. So those are five out of six games that you could and should have. And, you know, you drop one of those maybe. You should be four and two after those six games, which would leave you at ten and nine. I mean, this team should be trying to kind of stay at about 500 
and then make a late uh, a late season push, you know, to go ahead and maybe get that six seed. Right? I don't want to be in the play-in tournament. I think this team is good enough to be a top six seed, but the lack of star power is showing. You know, what, what are the games that we lost so far? Donovan Mitchell when he went off in the last minute of that first game of the season. Luca when he had his superstar magic with that hook shot. Lost to what, Jason Tatum twice. Lost to Embiid. We lost to Jimmy Butler. We've been losing to these superstars. We just don't have a superstar to, to match him back. Now, can Ta- Cam Thomas be that? I don't know. I love Cam Thomas. I don't know if he's a superstar per se, but, you know, I guess uh, we'll just have to wait and see. If he keeps averaging 30 points a game, then I guess you have to say that he is up there. But um, all things considered, I'm okay with uh, the start of the season. Disappointing two losses, but against superstars, I don't know if we can match up. And missing Ben Simmons and Cam Thomas, like I said, leading scorer, leading assist man, leading rebounder. That's a tall task to get over. So we'll see how things go. And I'll be back after probably the Heat game or the Bulls game, two or three games later. Uh, So until the next one, have a good one.